What's up, Duke fans? Welcome to another episode of Duke Blue Central coming at you right after the Duke win, kind of dominant win over the Syracuse Orange. Final score being 86-66. to We end up beating the Orange by 20 uh, to move Duke's overall record to 10-3 and on the year and one, uh, one win, one loss in uh, ACC play. Uh, Recording this only a few hours after I recorded the my last episode of the podcast, so uh, hopefully these episodes are coming out quick, and you got two new episodes uh, to look forward to in your inbox. There, if you haven't checked out the last episode, go check it out. It's kind of a recap of how the season has gone thus far for Duke and a lot of other ACC schools. Uh, but anyway, on to this win, and boy, is it a complicated game to break down. I don't know how well I'm going to be able to break down this game for you, and the best way I. I think I can put it is just a tale of two halves. Uh, a tale of two halves might be the headline for this week's uh, or for today's Duke game. Um, I tweeted this out during the game, but if you showed game footage from the first half of this game and then played the second half, and you could somehow remove, you know, the look of the players, the numbers, and stuff like that. You would tell, you would think that these were two different Duke teams from different years. I mean, you'd be like, okay, first half's like a team from the 80s, uh, second half is a team from 2017. Or, I mean, it, they just looked like a totally different squad the second half than they did the first half. Second half being decidingly uh, better than the first half performance. Duke was only up by two at the half uh, and ends up winning this game by 20. So, if that should tell you anything about the performance of the, uh, uh, of the halves and uh, uh man I, I have to start with the three-point shooting it, it has been what I've harped on mainly for the entire season is our three-point shooting you know this team is a team that came into the year rolling out three guard lineups four guard lineups and with that one of our strengths was supposed to be our sharp shooting ability how everyone on this team can shoot threes and my maybe number one concern I think it was my number one concern is that when big games when it counted Duke was not able uh, to hit three-point shots at a consistent rate we were hitting them at like 40 percent against small schools like Bucknell and LaSalle or whoever else in the Blue Devil Challenge but when it came when the rubber met the road against teams like Arizona, Michigan State, Arkansas, and Baylor, other than Jared McCain, Duke was not shooting the ball from three well. And I thought that was going to be the story of this game, too. Uh, honest to goodness, after the first half, Duke was 0 for 8 from the three-point line. 0 for 8. Um, and, and I thought to myself, you know, this is going to be another post-game podcast where I think Duke is going to win, uh, but I'm going to be harping on the same thing over and over again where I'm saying, look, this team is supposed to be a great three-point shooting team. We're not shooting the ball well from three, and this is a massive issue for this team. And then Duke comes out in the second half and starts the second half lighting it up from three, eventually getting to the point where we were seven from seven of three coming into the second half. We made our first seven three-point shots. Uh, that increased our three-point percentage from zero, 0 for 8, all the way up to 35%, and Duke ends the night shooting 47% from three. 
It was just a three-point barrage in the second half. I don't know what happened in between halves. I don't know if the players just like one side of the court more. Uh, whatever happened, let's keep that up because Duke was at, could absolutely not miss from three in the second half. Let me just read you some of these three-point splits. Jared McCain was on fire. He hit three in a row at one point, uh, one of them even coming after a TV timeout. Finishes the night with 18 points, four for six. Another thing in the first half I was thinking is that it's just, you know, with Proctor being out, McCain has had a lot of space to operate, a lot of time to play, a lot more to figure out. And in the first half, I felt like Proctor was great, by the way. I'm, I'm, I'll talk about him more in a minute. But in the first half, I felt like Proctor being back kind of messed up his flow a little bit with how he was playing and, and the confidence he was playing with. Just didn't feel like he had it. It, it felt like one of those games where he wasn't going to have it. And then he comes out, first possession of the second half, hits a three, a couple plays go more, and I think he hits three in a row from there. Uh, finishes the night again, four for six. Uh, a split you'll take every time. I don't know what his shooting percentage is on the season thus far from three I might be able to just see that right quick I don't know if I can but I mean it's it's close to a, it, it's above 40 percent I believe I think I heard him talking on the game uh today that it was somewhere at around 45 percent and it went up tonight uh, he has just been as advertised and that is such a relief as a Duke fan to I can't how many recruits have we gotten in the past year that we are told and we're constantly fed this guy's a great shooter. This guy's a great shooter. And then they constantly can't stay in the game because they don't make their shots when they're being passed the ball. They might be great in shoot around. They might be great in practice. But when the lights were on, they weren't great shooters. Jared McCain is a bona fide great shooter. And that's something I was so nervous about coming into the season. I mean, these all weren't even catch and shoot open threes. Uh, one, at least, I think two of these threes were pull up transition threes, which Duke has not had for a couple years. I think going back to the. Paolo Bencaro, kind of Mark Williams, Wendell Moore team. Uh, that team did not have a bona fide pull-up transition three-point shooter. I don't think we've had one of those until now. Jared McCain is that guy that if he's in transition, he can pull up for three and nobody's mad at it because he hit, hits them at such a high rate. He is exactly what this Duke team needed last year, but he's also exactly what this Duke team needs this year. We need a guy like him playing a ton of minutes that can just drain shots from the outside because it's what Duke is going to get. Everybody knows the type of player Kyle Filipowski is. Everybody knows how Mark Mitchell can get it going, how Jeremy Roach loves to go to the rim. Every scout in the nation is going to tell you to keep us out of the paint. Those three-point shots are going to be there, and if we can knock them down, I really, really think this team can beat anybody in the country. That's including everybody ranked 1 through 5, 1 through 10. I think we can compete and win and potentially contend for a national title when we hit three-point shots. And look, for the first half, it wasn't pretty, but the second half, we just came out on fire shooting 100%, at least for our first seven shots. I'm not sure what it became after that. Um, but we only made eight three-pointers on the day. One of those was uh, Proctor really late to stretch the lead to 20, I think with like a 30 seconds left, a minute left, last possession of the game for Duke. Um, but, yeah, just as far as the three-point shooting go, tale of two halves. Also, tale of two halves for Duke's best player, arguably, on the year, Kyle Filipowski. If I told you Flip had no points and only two shots in the first half, I think a lot of Duke fans would have even guessed that we were down. He had 
two fouls, two semi-quick fouls. Uh, but even when he was in there, he wasn't playing that well. Only two shots and, again, no points. Um, but Duke was actually up at half. I thought it was kind of remarkable we were up. And the only reason we were up at half, and this guy deserves a lot of credit for his game today, was Mark Mitchell. Mark Mitchell had 18 points and five rebounds all in the first half. He finishes the game with 21. He didn't really need to do as much in the second half because all the guards were just on fire. So I, I wasn't worried about him kind of not being as dominant offensively in the second half. But man, did Mark Curious in the first half. He, he was cutting to the basket with ease. He had a ton of open dunks. Um, a ton of great defensive plays. He was Duke's play, best player by far, not even close in the first half. And uh, he's a big reason of why we come out and win this game by this margin. Uh, because if he's not in there in the first half, I, I, there's no doubt in my mind Syracuse might even have a, a marginal lead uh, going into the second half. I still think Duke comes back and win just with the way we shot the ball. Um, but Mark Mitchell deserves a ton of credit uh, after this game, especially with all the kind of strange conversation going on around him. I know there's been a lot of stuff on Twitter going down. I don't want to get it too far into that. Um, but uh, Mark's had some uh, some drama around him without even him really saying or causing anything. Uh, so it really, it really pleases me to see him come out and have a great game. And I wish nothing but the best for, for Mark Mitchell and hope he continues uh, to have a, to have a good season, even though he struggled at times. Uh, I hope he uh, takes off from here and uh, continues to do this each and every night. Uh, another huge reason Mark Mitchell was able to get it going in that first half and really throughout the whole game is because of the awesome passing of uh, Tyrese Proctor today. He finished the game with four assists. He was the leader on that. Uh, even though he's still coming off the bench, I think uh, – He's warming up for that starting spot. I, I think next game it feels like uh, he's ready to go. I don't know if he's still on minutes restriction or not. Felt like we could have had him out there more tonight, but we didn't. Um, but still, Proctor coming off the bench. Uh, his passing was awesome tonight. Uh, so many times, I think at least probably two of these assists were to uh, Mark Mitchell cutting in from the wing uh, for an easy dunk. Um, Proctor and Mitchell seem to have a great like on-court relationship where uh, Proctor's always finding Mitchell in the right spots. Proctor always finds a lot of guy in the right spots, but Mitchell may be the guy that benefits from it the most just because of uh, how he plays and the energy he plays. Mark was just aggressive, just cutting to the basket and not settling for jump shots, even though he did take two wide-open threes, uh, which honestly I don't hate. I know the guy gets a lot of flack for his three-point shot, but I, I get it if you're out there totally by yourself in the corner. If you practice that shot, he made a game winner for us last year in that spot. You practice from that shot, you get them wide open. I'm okay with you taking them, especially when you're shooting 7 for 10 from the rest of the floor. He ended the night shooting 7 for 10. Two of those misses were from three. Uh, also shooting 7 for 9 from the free throw line. Uh, but Mark was Duke's best player in the first half, uh, totally. Uh, and Proctor had a huge part in that, I thought, in the way that his, uh, his vision affected the game in the first half. Now, uh, the second half was, you know, started off three-point shooting Kyle Filipowski all things that were just a non-factor in the first half. Um, so this is a good building block for this Duke team. Uh, Duke Duke has not had a performance like this, I think, uh, in a minute this season. Or They definitely haven't had one like this where it's so lopsided from first half to second half. Um, more and more, this Duke team is feeling like a, uh, a second-half team. I don't know if if any of you guys are feeling this too, but it feels like it feels like every game, every game I feel like tweeting, 
these are all the problems with Duke, you know, like well, we missed threes, missed easy shots, flips in foul trouble. But then at the end, I'm always like, and Duke is up by two points or something, or like we're only down three or, or somehow we remarkably just stay in the game for the first half. And then the second half, we turned it on and are, are really the, uh, um, the the team everybody expects us to be uh so it's it, it's an interesting development for this year's team to watch how they perform in uh in the first half versus the second half but yeah a lot of great things to say about this duke team tonight negatives uh i mean obviously you're gonna say the first half uh it, duke's three-point shot was just not falling at all uh they took eight threes in the first half which you're okay with a lot of them but they just weren't falling i thought duke missed a number of wide open layups to the basket one of my favorite plays of the game uh wasn't finished off it was a beautiful uh i believe it was a, a pass between i can't remember who it was i think proctor was involved somehow but a beautiful kind of around the back pass to ryan young and he just blew a wide open layup uh, one that he drains i think 99 out of 100 times it felt like duke kind of and syracuse to some point in the first half had several of those types of shots that just did not seem to fall um, don't know why, but Duke just, especially the three, just wasn't there for him in the first half. And then defensively, I thought uh, we could have had a better game. It, it felt like uh, some of those baskets, Judah Mintz is a great player, obviously. I actually thought, you know, you look at his points, and he has he finishes the game with 18. Um which you would think like, ah, oh, he, you know, he got his points. But then you look at how he had to do it. He shot five for 14 from the field. Uh, so honestly, that almost played in more into Duke's hand uh, more than it did Syracuse, even with him getting 18 points. Um, it, it just felt like he was, he's a great tough shot maker. Don't get me wrong. He made a up with his, you know, a couple of those five shots he made were very unlikely, but the rest of them just did not go in. Uh, he did salvage, you know, most of his points there. He was eight for nine from the free throw line, uh, which is something he does a lot where he's driving and trying to get to the line. But I thought for the most part, we contained mints today. Uh, he didn't, you know, ever, feel like a super big threat to Duke's league. Honestly, Brown, the forward, felt more like it. Uh, he ended up with 26 points, shooting 11 for 16, just getting a ton of like wide-open dunks and kind of blown coverage plays. It's almost like in football when a safety ducks down too low and someone scores a wide-open touchdown. Felt like Syracuse was doing that with him a lot, uh, where the guy, the big man supposed to be guarding him, would leak out to kind of defend the perimeter, whether it was Mintz or somebody else, and they would dish it to him, and he would just get easy points I think a lot of that was flip not being in in the first half uh, so nothing too scary there uh, to ring the alarm bells for but just something to look out for as we continue to watch this team uh, develop where does our interior defense come when flip uh, gets into foul trouble and that kind of leads into the next big negative which is obviously flip getting into early foul trouble and this one is one that that has reared its head several times i'd have to i'd have to really like uh look into the stats and everything but it feels like there have been several games where where flip has picked up two quick fouls and a half or you know has has picked up uh, an ugly quick third foul into a second half uh fouls that not these aren't fouls either that are like, okay, that's a good foul. You know, you were just trying to contest a shot and they got you. Uh, these are like tonight he had an over the back on a play where there was like no chance Duke was coming up with an offensive rebound. And another one, I think that was uh, on a perimeter player out by the three point line. So it, it's just, that's just something that flip can get better at. And Duke 
coaching staff can get better at making sure one flip needs to make sure he doesn't foul stupid i'm okay if you go up strong and you maybe catch some fouls you know especially early in the game when you don't have any uh if you're a big man you're going to get some of those uh but it's different when you're getting over the back fouls when you're getting foul when you're fouling a perimeter player uh, I think the Duke coaching staff can do a little bit of a better job making sure Flip isn't out there as much. I know that Flip can defend really well from the perimeter. He he is, a, for a big man, he is an awesome perimeter defender. He's just a great perimeter defender, uh, def- period. But when you have a guy that valuable, I'd just like to see him be in the paint more uh, just so he he's not as in danger of picking up those stupid fouls that don't mean anything. Uh, it, it's one thing to pick up some fouls trying to block a shot. It's a whole other thing going over the back for an offensive rebound or fouling a guy on a reach-in foul that means nothing uh, two minutes into the game. Uh, so those are kind of my two big negatives for the game. Obviously, the first half three-point shooting and then uh, flip getting into early foul trouble. Uh, that might be all I have for this one. This is a wacky Duke game. Uh once again, man, tale of two halves. Uh, you'd love to see Duke play like they played in the second half uh, this entire game. Uh, Duke's me- next matchup uh, is against Notre Dame. It's a game at Notre Dame, uh, so a road ACC game coming up Saturday. Uh, Notre Dame is coming off a good win against Virginia where they destroyed Virginia, surprisingly, which I think sent uh, shockwaves down the ACC uh, when they won uh, 76-54. Uh, which is <laughs> which is quite a score uh, for Notre Dame. They were up 41 to 24 at half. Uh, <laughs> this Notre Dame team, I don't think, is that great. I think that more speaks to uh, how disappointing Virginia, how disappointing a season Virginia is having uh, so far. Uh, that should be Duke's next game. Uh, nothing too too crazy to watch out for. This should be a game where uh, Duke can handle it pretty well. But it's on the road. A lot of these young guys are still getting used to playing on the road. Uh, so that will be fun to watch. And I'm sure we'll be back at you with another episode on Saturday. We're getting back to the rhythm now that we're uh, past the holiday season and all that. But thank you so much for listening. Everybody who listens to the show, if you want to help out the show, you can leave us a rating anywhere you listen. Or you can follow me over on Twitter at Duke Blue Central. Shoot me your message or anything if you have a question you would like to get answered on the podcast love to do some of that uh, but overall thank you all for uh for listening tuning in supporting the show go blue devils